What up, everybody? Just wanted to say a big thank you to everybody who's supported Lockdown Universe for the past three years. I really appreciate you. And if you've been thinking about a way to support, but you didn't have $1.99 uh, to support for each month, that is okay. If you want to just buy me a coffee, there's an option for you to just buy me a coffee inside the description of each episode moving forward. So just highlight that, put it in your browser. You can go right there and buy me a coffee or two or three. I like coffee. Who doesn't? And I would really appreciate it. And it would keep me awake enough to make more podcasts for you guys. So uh, I would appreciate that and just wanted to let you know. Thanks for that. And thanks for supporting the podcast. Let's get to the show. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO, legend, and paranormal lore. Welcome back, welcome back, happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing excellent and taking care of yourself. So today we've got a doozy, man. This story is insane and literally just brought me out to pop out another podcast. And I'm going to have a podcast probably for daily for the next four days. Um, Different topics, but this topic... Man, it is insane. This one takes the cake in a lot of different ways. So, this story is about the man who makes rain. Uh, So, this was actually on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. This man is, his name is Don Decker. And he materialized streams of water, rain, drops of water moisture out of thin air and defied gravity in front of multiple witnesses up to nine possible witnesses so it's not just him showing it to on video this was back in the day okay so this is actually 1983 uh february 24th 1983 um there was a funeral for james kishaw kishaw's grandson was 21 year old don decker who was the, the man who makes rain, or you could say rain man, uh, of Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, he was granted a furlough from the county jail to attend the funeral. Don was serving a four to 12 month sentence for receiving stolen property, but no one at the funeral knew he had a dark secret. Don's grandfather, the man he pretended to mourn, had physically abused him from the time he was just seven years old. And Don states, no, no other part of the family knew anything about what happened. It was like good fighting evil. The evil was gone, and I was hoping, you know, that everything would change. <clears throat> well, things did change, but not in the way Don would expect or have, would have ever imagined. After the funeral, he decided to spend the night with his friends, Bob and Janine Kiefer. And that's when the unexplained began to happen. So this is really interesting. It's almost like he's saying that because of his grandfather's death, who who this individual abused him, after he died, he continued to cause him grief in the afterlife. So let's talk about this. So it was at his friend Kiefer's home that all the uneasy feelings stirred up uh, <coughs> and came back to haunt Don. Suddenly, he felt a deep chill, 
and at almost the same time, water began to drip from the living room walls as Don says he fell into a strange trance-like state, much like kind of like Edgar Casey. The Kiefers notified their landlord, Ron Van Wy, and when Ron arrived, he was just as puzzled by the problems as the Kiefers. The landlord thought, we decided maybe it was the plumbing, but there were no pipes in the front of the house where they were having all of the, all this rain um, for it to leak. So the front of the house had no plumbing at all. It, it just didn't exist. There was basically nothing or nowhere for this water to come from. After watching it for a while, I discovered that it was only, it wasn't only coming from the ceiling down, it could come from the wall over sideways, horizontally, or it could come from the floor up vertically. There was no basic direction that it was coming from. It could come from anywhere. So Ron telephoned his wife and the police, and a patrolman named Richard Wolbert arrived at the scene. At this point, he was telling me, I just want you to walk into the house. And this officer said, I'm not walking in this house unless you explain to me why or what I'm walking into. And he says, the other officer told him, trust me, trust me, just walk in. I walked in the door and he came right in behind me and I, could, I couldn't get two steps inside the door and I was absolutely pelted. Officer Wolbert stated that he was, uh, that, not only was it was raining inside, but that the water drops defied physics. We were standing just inside the front door, and we met a drop of wa uh, water traveling horizontally. It passed between us and just traveled out of the room. John Bowan was another officer at the house that night. He said, I literally had a chill going up my spine that made the hair stand up on your neck. That's how I felt. This was a situation where strange things were happening, and I never ever dreamed it could possibly happen. There were no, there, there was no way of explaining what was going on. At this point, the officers left to report the incident to the police chief. The Kiefers and Don walked across the street to get something to eat, and the the landlord Ron Van Wy and his wife remained at the house. So Ron states they left, and everything else left too. The rain stopped in the house. The house was normal. We were kind of thinking that maybe it was coming from them, but we weren't sure at the time which one, which individual it was coming from. Pan Scrofano, who owned the restaurant across from the Kiefer's house, had visited them earlier in the day and had seen the rain firsthand. Pam was convinced that Don Decker, who was sitting in their restaurant with the Kiefer's, was possessed by an evil spirit. You looked at Donnie, and he looked like he was in a trance. He would look at you, but not knowing you were actually there. I said to Janine, he's got to be possessed. We're sitting there, and a couple of seconds later, there's water all over the pizzeria, too. I've never seen anything like that happen. I went in the cash, cash register. I had a crucifix in there. I took it out. I put it on him. The minute I put it on him and it touched his skin he got burned there's no way anybody could have played a joke like that it was real this was real donnie was doing it himself he was doing it without realizing he was doing it even don decker began to believe that he was somehow responsible the rain in the restaurant was the last straw 
that made me more sure that I had something to do with with it because it was following me. And it didn't just start raining the house until I got there. They were living there and nothing ever happened. And that's when I started realizing it was me. Back at the Kiefer's house, his friends, um, the landlord's wife confronted Don, accusing him of somehow making all this trouble. Don later recalled, the pots and pans over and above the stove started rattling. That's when I got levitated off the ground. I was just like floating, and then it was a push. It wasn't like somebody taking their hand and pushing me. It was like feeling it all over your body at once. I'm a big guy, you know, and I've always been assertive, and that made me feel like a newborn. You know, I'm scared right now just talking about it, really. A few hours after the strange incident in the kitchen, Officers Bawan and and Wolbert arrived with their chief. So these guys came back, and Officer Bawan describes what happened. When the chief got to the house, he was pelted with water just as Rich and I were. I got the impression that he was put on the spot, maybe like a little embarrassed, like we expected something out of him that he could answer, but there was no way to explain what happened. I think he was put in the position where he might have felt a little uncomfortable. The police chief announced that the problem was the plumbing issue, or a plumbing issue, and ordered his officers to leave uh, the the Kiefer house. Officers Bawan said, or Officer Bawan said, that they were told not to file a report, not to file a report, not to even talk about the incident. So this is really interesting because now police officers are being told not to even talk about the incident. What does that sound like? UFO engagement, alien encounters, things like that, where we're told not to talk, or we have to sign NDAs or things like that. Well, he just flat out denied it. It didn't happen, and then, um, and and he wasn't going to do that. I saw it, and that's all there was to it. The next day, three officers ignored the orders of the police chief. They went to the Kiefer home to continue their investigation. One of the officers was Bill Davies. We're standing there, and I gave Mr. Decker this gold cross to hold. Next thing he says, it's burning my hands. And there's no explanation for it. When you picked it up and you grabbed it, it's not hot, hot, but it's hot, and I held on to it. So he's stating that there was a temperature change to the cross. Not that it was, like, burning, but that he could hold on to it, and it was, it was hot. Don also once again levitated off the floor, and Lieutenant John Rundle said he witnessed it as well. All of a sudden, he lifted up off the ground and he flew across the room with the force as though a bus had hit him. There were three claw marks on the side of his neck which drew blood, and I have no answer for it whatsoever. And I just draw a blank even today. Officer Bill Davies was also at a loss. I've been a cop for 40 years, and I've never seen anything like this. Never. There's always an explanation when something happens. If you got to come investigate, you come up with something. This is why it happened. For, the first, for this case, there is no explanation. And finally, on the third night, Ron Van Wye, the landlord, asked a preacher to come to the house and try an exorcism. Every Protestant minister and Catholic priest in Stroudsburg had turned Ron down. So Ron stated, um, as she, wait, hang on, that's weird. Okay, so it seems as though they got somebody, but it, the article doesn't say 
they got someone. <laughs> so he, the quote says, as she started to pray, Donnie went into convulsions. He started to shake. He pulled himself up into like a little ball, and the longer she prayed, he started to relax then. Um, Ron Van Wy's wife, Romaine, stated she felt a change in the house. His whole body com- seemed to completely uh, and quietly shut down. And as you're standing there watching this, you could feel the house itself seemed to take on a totally different feeling. Ron Van Wye stated, and by the time she got done praying, the water was gone. And that was the last that we had ever seen the water in the house at all. The mysterious rain is gone, and Don appeared to return to his old self. But this change was only temporary. So this is really interesting. So like, they basically prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and got this whatever it was, entity to leave or this issue to leave. Uh, However, it was short-lived because Don Decker appeared to return to his old self. Uh, (laughs) Old self meaning he he started to have these uh, Rain Man-like qualities again. Uh, Don returned to jail, and within a few days, the mysterious Rain had returned. Uh, Here's where it gets interesting. They put me in a maximum security cell. I was in there with one other inmate. And I was thinking, I should make it rain in here. And all of a sudden, water started coming out of the concrete floor. And at that point, I thought, I can do stuff. According to Don, he now realized he could control the rain at will. A skeptic, uh, a skeptical guard, I should say, challenged him to make it rain in Warden Dave Keenhold's office. Warden Keenhold recalled, I was sitting at the desk writing a report. I was all by myself in the administration area. Nobody else was around. It was approximately 8 in the evening. At the time, I didn't feel anything, but my shirt was drooping down. An officer entered and told Warden Keenhold to look at his shirt. And right about the center of his sternum was about a four inches long, two inches wide, saturated portion of water. I was startled. I was scared. The officer was frightened at that particular time, and I just didn't have an explanation why it happened. The warden called in Reverend William Blackburn. Isn't it interesting that these police officers just, you know, being very logical, very, you know, more more scientific investigative based, also said, also defer to these preachers, these reverends, these pastors, whoever, to come in and bless these places. Isn't it interesting? A lot of people think, oh, that's just old-timey. Oh, that's just old-school stuff. Well, I'll tell you personally, I have an experience um, from from a man I met uh, who told me about his own experience with uh, these evil entities, and um, they had a preacher come in and basically bless the house and when this happened there were drapes flying everywhere the the drape holder itself flew down papers were flying all over the place like the movies and he stated he had never been so scared in his life and this was a guy who had nothing to impress me for you know he, he had no reason to impress me because we we weren't like best buddies we we're more more co-workers than anything and not everyday co-workers we'd see each other like once every so often so these stories do happen, and they are they are legit, so let's keep going. So the warden calls in this Reverend Blackburn. 
All of a sudden, I received a frantic call from the sergeant at the jail. He asked, can you come over? We need you. We need your help. So he brought this very meek and mild-mannered young man into the room, and he was asking for my help. Don told the reverend that he could make it rain and that crosses placed on his body burned. According to Reverend Blackburn, he told Don to admit that he was just making this up. Uh, then, this is a quote, all of a sudden his demeanor changed and a smell came into the room. This is from Reverend Blackburn. Uh, nurses and doctors, medical people say when you walk into a room with, where someone is dying with a cancer or something, usually there is a smell. You can tell when you walk into the room. I smelled a smell that smelled like that, multiplied five times at least. Evil foreboding. He raised his hand and rubbed his fingers together, and all of a sudden it started to rain. It was like the devil's rain. It was a mist. I was in the presence of evil. I opened up the Bible and started to read to him. But, when the, pa but the pages themselves never got wet. Isn't that interesting? The pages of the Bible never got wet from this rain. Leading one to believe that this rain was evil, or it was coming from something evil. Uh, he stated, again, so help me, it was a frightening experience, or a frightening thing. I think I was praying more for me than him. <laughs> I prayed, and it was only a brief period, and the rain stopped. Reverend Blackburn said he noticed a sudden change in Don as well. He subsided, and you could feel a peace. He said, thank you. We got tears in his eyes, or he got tears in his eyes. We hugged and prayed together. He was possessed. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no way a human could do what he did in that room. There's no way that he did anything, but what he did was spiritual, and it wasn't of God. Guaranteed, it was not of God. Don Decker said he feels like the bizarre occurrences won't happen again. And this is his quote. Well, it's over. It hasn't happened again. Basically, I'm just hoping that it never will, and I just, you know, go about, uh, go day to day. Um, and as for my grandfather, I think what had happened was his doing, because he abused me when I was young, and he got a chance to abuse me again. Chip Decker, with no relation to Don, and Peter Jordan are the main paranormal researchers on this case. With eyewitness accounts... Um, they state, I think what makes this case very unique is that all of the witnesses are so credible. We're dealing with very good, well-seasoned police officers that were obviously rather frightened and shaken by this, but also had the powers of observation. Peter Jordan states, the Donald Decker case is by far singularly mo the singularly most fascinating and important case I've ever personally been involved in. That does not mean I believe that it necessarily is proof positive to me of demonic infestation, but it is the case in my own personal experience up to this point that comes that this comes closest to that hypothesis. In all, there's nine witnesses, plus Don himself, that were willing to go on record for what they saw, heard, and felt uh, that were apparently not of this world. They continue to believe Don was possessed by the devil, they say, they have found no other explanation for the bizarre events. Now, that's the end of this story that's written on unsolved.com. Uh, however, there are 
34 comments. Now, I'm not going to read all the comments. However, there is one that's really interesting because there's an individual who states he knew Don Decker while in the military. So let's get to that, that particular story. Um, there are other people that are in the comments section that state they lived in Stroudsburg and many people had talked about this story and they even went to school with Ron Van Wy, um, and, and his son, um, and an officer's daughter who were working on the case and they all talked about the exact same thing. Um, so let's get to the, here we go. So this, this individual, let's find his name here. Okay, here we go. Mike Bailey wrote August 25th, 2018. No one has said or knew that Don was in the Army. I knew him then. But it could be he was not there for long after something happened. He was arrested at our company on house arrest. And he worked with some others under my control as an NCO, non-commissioned officers. But he himself walked over to me and he told me that he could make it rain. He claimed he made it rain everywhere my company went on our field exercises. And it did. A record rain would fall in the White Sands, New Mexico area for one. Just before he was to be picked up by the state authorities... That one day, he was ordered to be a worker for me. I was training as an NCO, and that day, when the company came back out of the field, he told me he can make it rain, and the company, out of a clear sunny day, came back soaked. But yes, I, I saw it myself. He claimed he could, and he was discharged from the 503rd Airborne. This all happened before the events where he ended up uh, arrested on some stolen property of some kind. And in, in this story, they, they state he was arrested um, for receiving stolen goods. Um, he states, this writer states, I can say he was always polite to me. I just took it with a grain of salt. He was never a threat. So this guy seems like a kind guy. No issues, no, no problems, um, other than apparently making it rain. Um, which, you know, a lot of people would want to make it rain with money. Uh, Don Decker could make it rain, um, apparently, due to his grandfather um, continuing to attack him after he had passed away. One of the most fascinating stories I've ever seen, read, or heard about. It was on Unsolved Mysteries, if you want to look up that, that uh, particular show. They call it uh, The Rain Man. Um... Rain Man, in my mind, will always be Dustin Hoffman, so I don't really want to call him the Rain Man. Uh, I'd rather call him the man who made it rain, or was forced to make it rain. But there's so many interesting portions to the story. The rain would come up from the floor, go sideways. Um, the cross would burn him. He was levitated, thrown across the room, had the three scratch marks. So it's just really interesting because you just don't hear about this stuff too often. And when you do, there's usually not enough witnesses to make it a credible story because for a lot of people, you need to have multiple witnesses for it to be quote-unquote credible. Although, many stories are credible even though one person saw it. So, what do you think about this story? Real?
or fiction. I think it's real. I think it's very fascinating. I think there's police officers who came and, and, and talked about it. I don't think that police officers would talk about it unless it was real. So that's my take. I mean, of course, officers lie all the time. I mean, that's that's in regards to, you know, crimes, but in regards to like this particular incident where it's like a paranormal incident where their jobs might be on the line for talking about it, you know, making them look crazy or making them look like, you know, they're doing it for some sort of malicious purpose. Um, I don't think they'd be talking about it. And then you had multiple reverends and um, other individuals who had no reason to lie about anything. I mean, why would a landlord lie about all this stuff happening to his property and when he knows he has to go out and rent it again or try to sell it, doesn't make any sense to me. So anyway, guys, hope you enjoyed this story. I hope you guys are taking care of yourself spiritually, especially in accordance to this story, physically and uh, emotionally, you know, and following through on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams, whatever they may be. And as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, guys, take care. Python Universe out.